This better be a pretty funny knock-knock joke. I lost a wife today. Knock-knock. <laughs> Who's there? Anna Maria Albergetti. Anna Maria Albergetti who? Anna Maria Albergetti in a taxi, honey. <laughs> be ready about half Have past eight. eight. Now, now, baby, don't be late. I want to be there when... <laughs> Hi, this is Donna Mill. You are listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts, with a reminder that our second hour will include tributes to Ed Asner from Ed Weinberger, Susan Silver, Deborah Pearl, and Ed's eldest son, Matthew Asner. Please stay tuned for that. In the meantime, joining us now is our friend Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey Mark, Emmy Award winning and Grammy Award-nominated writer, producer, performer, author, music, and TV historian, showbiz raconteur, and radio host. Jeff's new show, Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella, available now wherever podcasts are found. Jeff, I know that as a historian, you can easily talk about the accomplishments of Ed Asner, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. But as you and I know, as our listeners know, one, one of the things that makes you unique is that one way or another, you have crossed paths with many of the iconic celebrities who have touched our lives through film and television. Did you ever cross paths with Ed Asner? Well, of course. <laughs> How can you... <laughs> but I must say this. Uh, our, our friends and fans who are listening... Ed Asner was maybe the most open celebrity I've ever come across. Open meaning, if you were a person in show business with talent and ambition, he'd help you. If you were an upstanding person morally, meaning you were a good guy or a good woman, Ed was there for you. So it was not a difficult thing to interact with Ed. It wasn't like I had a enter some magic sphere and twitch my nose and say an incantation and he'd appear in front of me, it was a phone call. In this case, I was writing and producing a documentary about the Mary Tyler Moore show for uh, E! Exclamation Point. And I wanted to talk to Ed. And I was expecting to answer questions, to give him reasons why he should speak, to butter him up, or whatever one has to do to get someone to cooperate. It was an immediate, oh, sure, I've seen your other shows, happy to help. Oh, I read your book, happy to help. He knew who I was, which was huge for me. Yes. And then it was just open. What can I do to help you? So we went to his offices, uh, which were in those days on the Coenga Pass, going from the San Fernando Valley into Hollywood. Literally right in the middle of it, there's an office building, and that's where Ed's offices were. And I was working with an Australian production company. Now, I have a lot of Australian friends out there, and I've been on the Australian Today show. I love Australia, but I did not love these people because they showed up drunk. So we get to Ed's offices. So I'm there both as senior producer and as the guy who's going to be doing interviewing. And I have a cameraman, a lighting man, a sound person, and a female producer from Australia. So everybody else is Australian. It should take 10 or 15 minutes to set up a place like that, an office. 
it took them 45 minutes to set it up. In the meantime, I'm talking with Ed and he's watching them fumble and drop things and not know what they're doing. And in a very loud voice, he turns to me and says, well, it's obvious that you're the brains of this outfit. <laughs> and, you know, I, I had to just bite my cheek not to do what you just did, which is laugh out loud at yeah. that because – uh, as much as inept and as drunk as they were, I needed them to capture the interview. Exactly. I couldn't have them walking out on me. But uh, after they left, Ed and I spent some considerable time talking, not just about Mary and the show or, or the Lou Grant show, but about life. I found him to be fascinating. It was almost like, uh, okay, Jeff, uh, pick my brain. What, what would you like to know? And we talked a lot about his his advocacy for what he thought were the right things politically or the correct things, I should say, mm -hmm. politically. And I, I challenged him, which he kind of liked. I said, Ed, the same sort of access you would like. You think that your opponents should have the same access. They have the same rights as you do, the same opinions as you do. He said, absolutely. I said, well, see, that's why I don't understand your opponents lambasting you. Ed was given a very, very hard time, especially when he was the president of the union, such a hard time that he was getting regular death threats, that he had a higher security to keep his family safe. And still, he went ahead with what he thought his agenda should be. But he, he paid a, a very, very large price, personally and financially, for being so outspoken. Even though you're the head of the union, if your opinions become too controversial, you stop getting cast in roles. And here was a man who'd won, you know, 900 Emmy Awards and was a big television star and enormously talented. He could play anything and was having a hard time getting cast in things. So he just said the hell with it and did whatever he wanted. He would do little local theater things, little readers theater things. He didn't have to be the biggest star. It didn't have to be in the biggest theater. He didn't care what it paid. He just wanted to work. Because and that's that, because that, that's what an actor does. And yes. You, you, and, and that became the basis. Yeah. The basis of our friendship was just getting together and talking. I never professionally worked with him again. Uh, although I will tell you that it was he who arranged my interviews with Betty White and Cloris Leachman. He personally got on the phone in front of me. He didn't ask them. He told them, this man is calling you and you will do this interview and you will make yourself available to this man because I'm telling you to. And they did it. He was so magnanimous with his generosity to people. Believe me, I am not the only one. I'm not special because I received this treatment. I am one in a line of hundreds of people who were the recipients of his largesse because he believed it's on us to help you. <laughs> yes, I'm pointing at myself because I'm, I'm part of that long, long line of people that Ed, Ed, Ed Asner was very, very generous to. Jeffrey Mark is with us. Is this, this is not Zoom. It's not Skype. Is this Messenger? 
This is, this is we are we, we are talking on Messenger, yes, sir. Okay, uh, Jeffrey Mark is with us via Messenger uh, as we spend this week's program honoring, paying tribute to eight-time Emmy Award-winning actor Ed Asner. Jeff produced a documentary on the Mary Tyler Moore Show for E Entertainment Television. He interviewed. Ed Asner, and because of Ed's efforts, uh, he got a direct line to Betty White and Cloris Leachman, one of many examples of Ed Asner's generosity uh, behind the scenes. Ed Asner passed away Sunday, August 29th at the age of 91. It's funny because you're talking about the price he paid professionally for about a good 10 somewhere between 10 and 15 years he was he was not officially blacklisted but he was not hired as often as he used to be because of the courage of his convictions and his not being afraid to ruffle feathers it's funny i just as as a fan of ed as someone who just enjoyed watching whatever he was doing i didn't realize that effect on him until i read his book son of a junk man because as a fan, he just seemed to be on television all the time. But he wasn't until he was well into middle age. Yeah. You know, Ed worked in live television. He worked in early film television in New York, things out of New York. I, I don't know exactly when he decided to make the plunge and move to the West Coast. I do remember that uh, Elvis Presley's last film uh, where he's having a romance with Mary Tyler Moore as a nun, <laughs> which we could do a whole show about how wrong that was. Yeah. But Ed Ed played a cop in that and had scenes with Mary. Yeah. So when he was cast on the Mary Tyler Moore show, he was already a known quantity. The, the closest person I can think of to had a career like Ed was Carol O'Connor, who spends the first you know 25 years of their career being journeyman actors, doing theater, doing summer stock, doing television, and then they get into a role that's a breakout, and all of a sudden, they're the star. It's Ed Asner in Lou Grant. Mm -hmm. It's Carol O'Connor in All in the Family. But there are tons of young people who will never know what it's like. There aren't very many character actors around anymore. Everybody wants to be the lead guy, where Ed was the kind of guy who'd play anything that was interesting. And we know him from Mary and from Lou Grant and from Roots and all the wonderful things he did. But he did tons and tons of work. And in recent years, he did tons and tons of voiceover work. And in many respects, he created a whole new audience through his work with Pixar and Up. Like a lot of people have who age out of being the, the big cheese in something, but their voices, well, you're, you're matching a voice to a cartoon. You can be anything at any age, but you've got that wonderful actor's voice, and there you are. So, yes, he was able to, to go way beyond baby boomer stuff, and uh, even people who might be as young as my grandchildren know who he is because of the voice stuff. I love up. Because as I describe it, my elevator speech for that movie is Ed Asner, action hero. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. In real life, although Ed was a handsome man, and there are a lot of people I've spoken to who thought he was a very sexy man, yeah. including Cloris Leachman. <laughs> uh, he wasn't. We're laughing, folks, because Cloris made Ed a bet. 
while they were on the show together, Mary's show, that if he would lose a certain amount of weight, she would have sex with him because she thought he was a sexy man and thought the uh, dangling the carrot of sex might be a motivating factor in his weight loss. She was very, very all about weight loss for everybody, yeah. and that was her interaction with Ed. But he was a sexy man. He was that kind of, yeah, he doesn't have a model's body, but he's manly and loving and soft and hard all at the same time. And he had a handsome face. If you look at his young pictures, there was a good-looking man. Mm -hmm. But when you get older, unless you've had tons of plastic surgery yeah. and only eat one English muffin a day, there comes a point where you're not going to play the leading sexy guy. But voiceover work has opened up a whole new thing for lots of actors who, who in later in career, have a comeback almost. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You, you mentioned Ed was instrumental in your interviewing Cloris Leachman for your documentary on the Mary Tyler Moore show. We lost Cloris not too long ago. Yes, we did. And you know I have a good story. So I'd already interviewed Ed. And he arranged for me to see Cloris. Cloris at that moment had just moved into a condo in the Brentwood area of West Los Angeles. And we were there nine o'clock in the morning. We had to get her done in the morning because we were doing Betty White at our studio that afternoon. She wasn't there or she wasn't answering. We waited 40 minutes. Finally, she came down. Her hair was standing on end. She was wearing stained pajamas and fireman's boots. Let us into her condo. Okay, let's get going. So we start setting up. Oh, no. But first, you must hear me play the piano. Okay, Cloris. <laughs> now, let's get. Oh, no. You must first hear this album of standards that I've recorded but never got released. Okay, Cloris. Now then. Okay, I'll get in the shower. She gets in the shower. She comes out wrapped in a towel, and she undoes her towel like she's Batman, holding the towel up behind her. And she said, in, in polite language, who would like to follow me into my bedroom and make me happy? <laughs> and my very handsome 35-year-old cameraman started to follow her in. And I grabbed him by the belt and I said, for $250 an hour, you're not sleeping with Cloris Leachman. You're setting up the camera. Yeah. So we got her into makeup. We got her into hair. You know, three hours have gone by by now. And she sits down and we start. And she goes, oh, no, you can't shoot me from this side. I said, Cloris, you've been in show business for 500 years. You knew which side I was shooting you from two hours ago. And she said, oh, did I? Ha, 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 ha. And she was playing Phyllis Lindstrom. Yeah. See, she, she got herself into Phyllis' character. And I stopped tape and I said to her, look, I don't have time for baloney. I need a good interview with you for this. So could you please drop all the stuff and give me Chloris and give it to me good and once I gave her that direction, she was a pussycat. Yeah. We got a great interview after her. As time went on, however, she wanted to keep talking. Well, we had to get to Betty White. So I sent on the makeup and hair, and then I sent on the lighting, and I sent on the cameraman, and she's talking to me about my weight. And she's got her fingernails in my arm, 
And like a, a Tweety Pie cartoon, I'm removing one nail at a time out of my arm. And I said, Cloris, I'll talk at lunch with you anytime about what I eat. But right now, I'm going to interview Betty White. And I raced across town to get there. Producer's always supposed to be there first. And I get to Betty, and I walk in, and she's getting her hair done and her makeup put on. And I said, Betty, I am so sorry. I should have been here to greet you. But I was with Cloris Leachman, and she stopped me and said, is Cloris still pulling that blank? <laughs> she was always such a blank on the Mary Tyler Moore show. We never knew what she was going yeah. to do, and she wasted time and money. Honey, I completely understand. So all of those things happened because Ed Asner was good to me. And Jeffrey Mark is good to me and good to you and good to all of us listening tonight. Jeffrey Mark, Jeff's latest venture is Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella, a celebration of the illustrious career of the First Lady of Song. Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella, available wherever podcasts are found. Jeff, uh, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, sir. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.